Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, October 15th. Today on the show, the Nashville Predators get their season started. Nashville SC is back on the pitch this weekend. We got an injury report from Titans practice getting ready for Monday night. We've got a huge slate of games in the SEC. But we begin with exactly how Tennessee will pull the upset on Saturday evening in Neyland Stadium. Make sure you know the name, the Kingston Group. That is all that I ask on this show. I would never tell you to do something on this show if I didn't believe in it and I didn't do it myself. We use the Kingston Group at my family because they are a proven commodity with a proven process that will not only make you happy in your home, but it'll allow your home to make you some money as well. Go to the website, buildkg.com, and look at their work. Have a conversation with them. Just talk to them. I guarantee you that whether you're thinking about doing something this week, next month, next year, they will be of benefit to you in some way, shape, or form because their process is proven and they're award-winning because of it. The Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website. So the Tennessee Ole Miss game, the line continues to shrink as Vegas and betters are all in on Tennessee, the atmosphere in Neyland Stadium, and what that game is going to be like emotionally for Tennessee against former coach Lane Kiffin. I, on the field, here is my biggest question for Tennessee. Geometrically, Ole Miss challenges your linebackers to make major decisions in lightning quick speed. Tennessee's front seven, as you heard Josh Ward talk yesterday, has been very well coached. They're very mature. Some of the veteran pieces who maybe aren't extremely athletic, but are very smart, savvy players. Are they capable of diagnosing the Ole Miss offense in rapid speed? If they are capable of geometrically positioning themselves in the right places to stop the RPOs and the tempo and all the stuff that Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin wants to do to you, which is get you out of position and then attack you. If that front seven plays smart, savvy, responsible football, you don't need a lot of stops. You just need a couple of key stops because I do think that Ole Miss's defense is vastly overrated. I think Tennessee is going to score points. I think Hendon Hooker is in control of the offense. They're going to run the football between the tackles. They're going to sling it down the field. I think Tennessee has a chance to score points. The question is, can you get the big stop you need in the third or fourth quarter? And what that comes down to for me is the front seven playing disciplined, responsible, geometric football and being in the right place and not allowing all the eye candy to disrupt what you know to be the right thing to do. So that might be a little nerdy, a little in the weeds, but it's all about Tennessee's linebackers and edge players. Are they in the right positions? Do they fall for the stuff that's going on, the fakes and the the motion and the movement and the shift and all the other stuff, the RPOs, or are they disciplined? If they can do that, they can get the one or two stops they need, and Tennessee will win this football game. If they are not disciplined and Matt Corral mentally confuses everybody, then it's going to be a long day for that Tennessee defense against this type of offense. But right now, I'm sort of leaning with Vegas and Tennessee to pull the upset, and that absolutely terrifies me. I will give you my official picks against the spread coming up in just a few minutes, but the rest of the SEC schedule is fascinating outside, of course, of the Ole Miss-Tennessee game. Obviously, the big storyline, Kentucky and Georgia both undefeated, playing for the SEC East Championship. More than a three-touchdown underdog, I simply do not see a way that Kentucky can go down to Athens and out Georgia, Georgia. They are a Georgia light version of the Bulldogs, and I don't know how Kentucky can get enough stops and create enough offense 
to go down there and win. I think Georgia wins big, but my pick against the spread coming up a little bit later on. Of course, Kentucky and Georgia, the 230 CBS game on Saturday. Alabama, of course, on the road against Mississippi State, coming off a loss to Texas A&M. Are the issues with Alabama real, or was Florida and A&M just uniquely qualified to take advantage of them? I would not want to be Mississippi State to find out this weekend. Alabama, the late kick, 6 p.m. Central Time at Mississippi State. The Vanderbilt Commodores, maybe their only chance at a win in conference. 0-3 South Carolina hosting 0-2 Vanderbilt. It is an 18-point spread, but who cares? This might be your only chance if you're Vanderbilt to get a win in the SEC and break the losing streak. Let's see if Ken Seals and company can go down to South Carolina and keep it close. That one at 3 p.m. Texas A&M at Missouri, 11 a.m. Central Time. A&M only an 8.5-point favorite. little tease there for my picks against the spread a little bit later. Will Coach O survive a home game against Florida in which the Florida Gators are a double-digit favorite in Baton Rouge. And if they abuse and decapitate the LSU Tigers like we all think they will, LSU can't stop the run, can't run the ball. Florida likes to run the ball and definitely can stop the run. I don't see how this game is close. I'm assuming the buyout is too much for LSU to make a move in the season, but the decision could be made this Saturday night behind closed doors. So keep an eye, of course, 11 a.m. Central Time, Florida at LSU. And then, of course, Auburn at Arkansas, a little revenge match for the Razorbacks as they got sort of jobbed out of that game last year, if you'll remember the bad officiating. This time they're at home. That line opened at three, three and a half. It's now up to four and a half. K.J. Jefferson, incredibly impressive last week, the quarterback for Arkansas against Ole Miss. I like the Hogs in this one against Auburn. Should be another great slate of action in the SEC. Enjoy some college football this weekend, folks. Here's your practice update from Titans Camp. Here's your Titans practice report, injuries mostly from Thursday's practice. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown both back at practice, full participants and ready to go for Monday night's game. Cornerbacks Caleb Farley and Christian Fulton did not practice on Thursday. Fulton, of course, with the hamstring. Edge rusher Bud Dupree, who's missed the last three games with an injury, was a full participant on Thursday. That is big-time news for that front seven. Defensive lineman T.R. Tart did not practice with the toe issue. Guard Roger Saffold did not practice while tackle Taylor Lewan was limited, although he did play one of his better games last week. Running back Jeremy McNichols, who's becoming a bigger part of the offense, it seems, was limited in practice but was out there. Chester Rogers also limited in practice. And Nick Westbrook Akine was a full participant but was listed with a hamstring injury. And, of course, Derrick Henry got the day off. That is your practice report for Thursday. The Titans, of course, will practice on Friday and hold a walkthrough on Saturday before the Monday night kickoff against the Buffalo Bills. The Nashville Predators lost their season opener 4-3 to to the Seattle Kraken on Thursday night. And even though it's only like 1.5% of the season, I do have a feeling that what happened on Thursday will be the way the season may play out, at least in the short term. Ellie Tolvin and Roman Yossi and Mikhail Granlund scored goals. The Predators allowed two power play goals in the first period. The young kids played with a lot of energy and purpose, and that was enjoyable to watch, especially with so many players making their Nashville debuts. Philip Tomasino, Cody Glass, Philippe Myers. But that youthful exuberance also got the best of them at times, with some mental breakdowns and lapses along the way. Some nights that passion and energy will be good enough to win, especially with UC Saros and Net. Other times it will lead to bad penalties and blown coverages and mistakes. So despite the outcome, overall, it was a great night to have Smashville back. It's the first time it's actually felt like Smashville proper in quite some time. The fans were excellent. The game was fun. I saw Kristen Cavallari drinking with some very cool people. And the Seattle uniforms were actually pretty dope. And with tickets being outrageously expensive in Seattle right now, I asked a few Kraken people 
like, you know, why? Why did you end up being fans of Seattle Kraken? And they told me they actually flew in from Seattle to go to the game because it was cheaper than going to the games at home, which is incredible. And hey, the Predators are now the answer to a trivia question forever. Who did the Seattle Kraken beat for the first win in franchise history? The Nashville Predators in Bridgestone Arena. So at least we got that going for us. With the international break behind us after the men's national team beat Costa Rica on Wednesday evening, Nashville SC is back on the pitch. Six matches to go in the 2021 regular season. Second place in the Eastern Conference table, just a couple of points ahead of third place. And a huge match coming up this Saturday on the road against DC United, Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. Again, as usual, we're all going to overdose on football this weekend, but the Titans aren't playing until Monday, so let's keep an eye on that soccer club. Only six matches to go, trying to slam home an opportunity for not one, but two home playoff matches if they can finish in that two slot. Just a couple of points up on Philadelphia, Orlando, and D.C. United, who they are playing on Saturday. So it's a huge match. Keep an eye on it, 6.30 p.m. Saturday evening. Make sure you remember the name The Kingston Group. They are an award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm for a reason, because they've been in business in Nashville for over 10 years, making people happy and making people money with their homes. Just remember the name The Kingston Group. If you're going to do any work on your house, give them a call. Check out their work. BuildKG.com is the website. All right, it's that time of the week on a Friday, so it's time to give you some picks against the spread. I did not have a wonderful time last weekend. Lost some money, 3-5 and five after a couple of big weekends. I told you it was coming, so don't blame me. Uh, my picks so far this week. Here you go. Uh, take them or leave them. BYU plus 6.5 at Baylor. I like the uh, the adult BYU Cougars against Baylor. I think that's a close game. Uh, Kansas State plus 6.5. At home against Iowa State, which culture holds true in that one. Kentucky plus 22. The over-under is 44. I think Georgia wins easily and blows them out, but that's a lot of points for what should be a very low-scoring game. The Florida Gators, minus 10.5 on the road against LSU. LSU is atrocious. Florida is very good at running the football and stopping the run, both things that LSU struggles to do. Nebraska minus 3.5. They have been very close to Oklahoma, very close to Michigan and pulling upsets. They are actually a pretty good team despite their record. They are laying 3.5 against Minnesota. Give me the Cornhuskers. Texas A&M minus 8.5 at Missouri. Missouri is one of the worst defensive football teams in the country. I don't know how they're going to stop Texas A&M, so give me the Aggies minus 8.5. There are my picks against the spread for the week. Hopefully, I'll make you guys some money. Hopefully, you guys have a great weekend. Watch a little soccer. Watch a little football. Watch a little hockey now. Welcome back, Nashville Predators. My name is Braden Gall. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Share the product. Remember the name of the Kingston Group, and have a great weekend, everybody. This has been the 440 for Friday, October 15th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.